Hello and welcome to episode 139 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Podcast dedicated to Heart on Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos got back to winning ways on Saturday afternoon, recording a 2-0 victory against Aberdeen at Tynecastle. And joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the wonderful weekend win down Gorgie Way is Daniel McIver. What's happening, McIver? All right, how are we doing? We've won! We've actually won! <laughs> what a novelty... It actually is, um, and it just makes you much more excited to come and sit down and talk about That's this, nice. mainly because Aberdeen are just so bad as yeah, well, bad. which makes it even better. So yeah, everything's going great. I've just seen Newcastle playing the Champions League, one of the worst games you'll ever see. Eye-bleeding stuff. <laughs> Sean Longstaff masterclass, basically. So I'm doing very well. How are you? Yeah, yeah, good, mate. Good, uh, pleased that we managed to also sneak ourselves into the, the pre-match programme, obviously didn't bother yeah. buying one because I was just excited to be going to the game and you'd get, and you'd get one, um, but did. but no, that was, that was nice, um, and yeah, as you say, it's always much better to come on and record when you know I'm not ranting and raving and we've actually got positives to discuss and things that we like talking about, so yeah, it's... It's good. It's good. We're gonna we're gonna try and start off on a positive note. Um, I'm sure that'll evaporate somehow. <laughs> that'll change, yeah. But but yeah, it, things things are all positive. Um, not sure if the same can be said for some other teams in the SPFL, and we're gonna <laughs> kick off around the grounds first and foremost. The early kickoff on Saturday afternoon. All six fixtures, I should say, were on the Saturday yeah. afternoon. But the early fixture. Uh, so Rangers go up to Perth and beat St Johnston by two goals to nil. Celtic swept aside newly promoted Dundee three nil at Parkhead. Uh, Hibernian, the Nick Montgomery era, got off to a, to a new start. Um, however, same old Davids die hard as they blew a two goal lead and left Kilmarnock with a point as opposed to all three and a two each draw at Rugby Park. The St Mirren sensation just keeps on going. Uh, can't wait for all this positivity to evaporate the weekend after they got the better of Motherwell 1-0 at Fur Park. Get that right round you, Motherwell. Uh, and Ross County and Livingston <laughs> shared the spoils up in the Highlands as the two teams played out a one-each draw. What did you make of the other five matches within the cinch? Uh, the Celtic game was interesting because at halftime it was still 0-0. And it was just like, yeah. what is going on? I thought my three 0 was was down the shunko, um, and because I predicted know, right? that they'd beat St Johnston four 0 So when that finished nil nil, I was like, oh no, what is <laughs> what, happening? What is going on here? Yeah, they um, they just seem to be faltering. Concept. I mean, they're still it's still faltering for Celtic's level. They're still winning three 0 but That's annoying, still. Yeah. Not the same level of team. Uh, the only real thing you have to say about the Rangers game is that Danilo's face exploded. That was horrible. That's yeah. a real, real sore one. Hope he's alright. Hope he's alright. Um, the Ross County Livingston game. I uh, saw after the game, Martin Dale said that he'll that uh, they'll be lucky to get thirty seconds on sports. <laughs> it was not a fun game at all. Uh, St. Mirren just look like Celtic's biggest competition this season. <laughs> uh, they're just. I'm very worried about this weekend. What would you do if St. Mirren split the old firm? celebrate it honestly like I would just be like this is good for the game imagine St Mirren in Europe imagine St Mirren that would be a laugh that would be some group stage football coming to Paisley what a time that would be amazing 
Uh, and then Hibs were just great fun. Um, <laughs> I've said I think that'll be if we stick with Naismith and Aberdeen stick with Robson for any period of time. I think that'll be Hibs getting third. With Montgomery, I think he's a very good coach and who I would have wanted uh, if we couldn't get Sifuentes. So very annoyed with that. But you can tell he's got a long way to go so far <laughs> with this team because, by all accounts, they were immediately looking improved offensively. Yeah, they changed to a 4-4-2. Dylan Venti made his thoughts very clear in the press this past couple of days about how much he prefers Nick Montgomery to Lee Johnson already, but Rocky Bashiri is just the funniest footballer to ever live. I don't know why he's getting a game still. And, like, I imagine Kiwi fans will be disappointed with the point in a way because by the end of the game they had a really good chance to actually win it. But yeah. it's one of them where you think, all right, okay, Two all entertaining game, but Hebs will be thinking two 0 up with twenty five minutes slip. to go. How yeah. do let that slip? But yeah, some start for Lee Johnson down there as well, wasn't it? Fleetwood. Did it finish three one? Three 0 I think was it? Not? Oh, three 0 Did they not even score? <laughs> I Great. I believe it did. Because I saw afterwards, he said it really opened my eyes to what challenge I have here. I feel like a three 0 loss shouldn't be the thing that opens you. I feel like when you cut, you should do research before you get the job, Lee. And see that Scott Brown had them like seven losses on the bounce. Surely this one extra loss where you're in the ground isn't the thing that opens your eyes. Yeah, you was, fucking was clown. Oh, he's an absolute numpty. <sighs> but A good weekend for us yeah. overall, though. Yeah, solid. Solid. A, a nice one. Um, I, it feels actually bizarre. I don't, I don't. Like, how do you introduce Hearts winning a game? It's been. It's been over. I know it's been. It's been over a month that we've had to deal with this. Um, but we did take on Aberdeen at Tyne Castle, and if you were to do the research ahead of this game, you'd know that the home team tends to take the spoils, um, and yes. thankfully that proved the case once more again. What is it about that drive? That just kills the away team for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know. Is it? Is it the journey? Like it can't. Like it's not that far. It's just dread. Just going. Oh shit! <laughs> we always get beat here. I don't know. Maybe it is. It must be some sort of mental. I mean, you fatigue. cross the road, the bridge. You just suddenly get hit by something. What that are, means you lose. Are we talking fourth bridge or the Tay bridge a- or any bridge you want, really? <laughs> The Erskine Bridge. Just a bridge. <laughs> you have to cross water and suddenly it makes you shit yourself and go, night, we're no winning the day. <laughs> but thankfully, the hardest team that was selected didn't pat their pants. Yep, <laughs> we didn't cross any bridges. Exactly. It was fine. Uh, one change to the team that played Motherwell at Tynecastle prior to the international break as Kenneth Vargas replaced Alex Lowry on the left-hand side of midfield. That meant Hearts lined up with Xander Clark and goal, a back four, Nathaniel Atkinson, Frankie Kent, Kai Rolls and Stephen Kingsley, uh, Peter Haring and Cammy Devlin ahead of them, with Yutara Oda on the right, Kenneth Vargas on the left, and Liam Boyce supporting Lauren Shankland up front. Happy with that team when you first saw it, McIver? Generally, yeah. Uh, in the days before, we'd found out that Kingsley was alright after Pauk and that he'd be back in and that Neuenhoff and Benny would at least make the bench. I was maybe thinking, will Neuenhoff be able to start? But even if he was, we don't know. I can understand why you wouldn't just immediately be like, right, go play in a very crucial game for both parties. Um, but it, yeah, generally, 
Sorry. No, no, go on. I was going to say that... I, I, would you not be tempted to change it up given what had happened with our yeah, kind of run prior to the international break? I always think when you lose before the international break, it kind of lingers over you till you've got that game to play again. Whereas if, if you're not and in your, if you're firmly in the thick of it, if you do get beat, at least you've got next week or maybe like a midweek match to try and correct it. Yeah, that's fair. And I guess that's maybe what Naismith did with Vargas coming in ahead of Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, which I was I, delighted about. Because I'll be honest, I had my concerns when I saw the lineup. So just, okay. just goes to show what I know. But but I thought if you if you're continuing with Peter Hanning and Cami Devlin, oh, I, I I don't know. I because the Motherwell game, I, I don't think like it felt like we created nothing. Mm-hmm. But as you say, it's a not a must win, but certainly it's a big game for both teams. Given I'd say it's a must win. They, I'd say it was a must win. They, they were obviously both desperate for the points. Um, obviously, I don't think we've recorded since the Cochrane news came out, have we? No. No, no we have not. Let's take so, a silence for Alex Cochrane. Like, our second best player of the last 18 months is now out for... According to Stephen Naismith, six weeks, so we will see him until the new year. Yeah, I was going to say we won't see him until March, April. Yeah, like, it is one of those where it's like, who would you not want to get hurt the most? And I'd go, Lauren Shankland. And it's like, who's next? I'd go, <laughs> Alex Cochran. It's like, why? I, I genuinely was, the one solace we have, and this game was an example of it, is that Stephen Kingsley seems to be remembering who he is. Hallelujah. Yeah, we've got the guy back who was sent to Ukraine in (laughs) September. Wrestled him back. Yeah, and just, I hope that we don't miss him as much as I worry we're going to miss him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll chat about that. Look, I think in terms of what we had available, that was about as strong a team as we could have named. Yeah. Given we also had a couple... I, I was surprised, actually, by the amount of midfielders on the bench, because you said you sort of said it there. Beningame, George Grant on the bench, Cal Newenhoff yeah. on the bench. Denim. 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 So... Yeah, also, we need to mention Tagawas and Crutches. Yeah. Oh, Hearts are just a soap opera, aren't they? Like, it's we, mental. We, we actually cannot keep up. And there was a Hall- further two injuries Halliday, in the exactly, game. and Tagawa both injured in training. Yep. Smith confirmed post match, so that, that was great. Thanks for that, Hearts. Thanks for keeping us yeah. in the loop. Appreciate it. Loving it. <laughs> but thankfully, we took on a dreadful, a dreadful Dons team. Um, yeah, they would be the ones to have the first chance of the game. After just two minutes, James McGarry cuts in from the left hand side, sends a right footed effort goeward, but Xander Clark beats it away. Nathaniel Atkinson was the first Hearts player to attempt. A strike on goal, uh, 11 minutes in. Dispossesses James Bugari, who I've just mentioned. Keeps his strike low, but Keller Rose pans it away to safety. However, it takes just two minutes later, virtually our second attack, and thankfully we would take the lead. Cammy Devlin heads on to Lauren Shankland, who links up with Liam Boyce on halfway. The Northern Irishman rolls it out to the right flank. There's Yutaro Woda. Vargas and Shankland both enter in the area. But the Japanese winger decides to go alone, opts to strike across goal, and it's aided by a deflection. But I'll be honest, Mikhailor, I was going absolutely nuts at this goal. Um, and his effort flies past Rose in a flash. 1-0 to the Jambos. 
and a very relieved Adam Kennedy up in the stands. It was right in front of you, I know. <laughs> it was, it was great fun. I'm so chuffed for him. Uh, yeah, Oda, we kind of had it confirmed. He, he was away on international duty and had a very successful international yeah, the, campaign. Yeah, the under-23s, was it? Yeah. yeah. Um, in the game that he played, he got two assists and then came off and said that he was really disappointed with his performance, which is interesting. interesting. But it also confirmed that he's been, I think anyway, I saw this a couple of places, that he's he's been dealing with a bug the last few weeks, which... Right could explain why he's maybe not been at the level that we all saw at the obviously tail end of last season and in the very beginning of this season at St Johnston because I did feel like today eh, at the weekend sorry he was rejuvenated he felt kind of back to that order we saw about a month or so ago because listen I know he got hurt doing his chop that he loves to do (laughs) he absolutely loves it and I'm worried it's starting to get found out already. Oh, but no. it was just good to see him getting the ball and driving, which he's really, really good at because he's terrifyingly fast. And listen, yeah, it gets a bit of luck off a deflection, but he hits it hard enough that it means oh, the yeah. deflection isn't going to do anything, really. Yeah. Keller Ruse has planted himself, which is understandable. I saw some Aberdeen fans say, Ruse should do better. I think that's harsh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having that. Like you say, the, the sheer kind of velocity, like the pace that it's fired in at. Yeah, I, I think what you were saying about sort of running and stretching the back line, getting in behind the defence. You can see why we opted for Vargas on the other side as well. Yeah, I, I feel like he and Oda were both making really good runs throughout yeah. the ninety minutes. Um, it's just that sometimes. <laughs> they wouldn't be found frustratingly. So yeah, you, you get frustrated just as much watching it as they probably do that somebody's not slid them in from time to time. On that point, the ball from Boyce is great because oh, it's right clear. ahead of him. It means that Oda doesn't have to slow down or alter his run in any way. He can just run straight onto it and it means that the momentum is carried on the whole way. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to see Liam Boyce back in so the strings. What a wonderful so footballer. Bad. What a wonderful man. Um... But yes, 1-0, that settled some nerves because we talk about it all the time. There was a part of me that woke up on Saturday morning thinking, I am silently shitting myself for today. As much as I was confident, given there's that kind of, I guess, home hoodoo or the the wayside hoodoo, there's part of me that just thought, if there's gonna be, <laughs> there's gonna be a team that blows it. It's probably gonna be us as a. It has to end it. at yeah. some point. Exactly, and you wouldn't have been all that surprised. Um, but that that did settle some nerves, and I think that also calmed a lot of us down. Despite my yeah. celebrations being anything but calm. Yes, definitely. And I want to say something now that I've realised is the best time to say it because we got the goal now. What was this, like 20 minutes in or something? 13 minutes. Totally done, 13, yeah. Bloody hell, it was quicker than I thought it was. Um, from then, and this, I know we'll get into it, but I never I never felt from this point at all that Aberdeen were going to score. I just never did. I never was worried about it. And as a result, I think, understandably, a lot of fans were thinking, but we might fuck up and let them <laughs> back into it. So we need another goal. But... Can folk just calm down sometimes? When it's... <laughs> Why are you looking at me saying that for? <laughs> because you're the only one here, but you're also 
very much emblematic at this point. Where it's like there was a moment, I think in about the 35th minute, where Aberdeen kind of broke forward, but it didn't lead to a chance or anything like that. It was just, they came forward a wee bit. And the ball ends up at Xander Clark, and he picks it up. And he drops it at his feet, and he goes to play. And he hesitates for a second, because he sees that the Aberdeen team have settled back into the formation. In the first half, especially, they played a three, but with wing-backs. So when they were out of possession, the wing-backs dropped in. And they had like a two, one, two. So it was a really weird. It's like a Duke three, was, it was a three five two with Yoshini and Clarkson holding in essence. Yeah. McGrath supported Duke Miofsky yeah. and McGarry and Devlin just bombing up and down. I don't know why they had Duke as like a nine. That was really weird in the first half especially. But anyway, they fall back into a settled formation and we are about to move into our transitional formation where we start pushing forward and the fullbacks invert. So Clark is, like, stopping, allowing time to pass to get us information. And so many people start booing and getting annoyed that we've not just, I don't know, like, fired it forward. I know it's not you, don't worry. (laughs) Um, It's just my mate that stood next to me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's everyone else around you. Um... That we've not fired it into Vargas's path with 70 yards. It's like, I understand that there can be frustration around possessional based football. I know that I'm someone who likes possessional based football and I know that that's less of a popular opinion than most. But it doesn't, it, it's allowed to happen sometimes. <laughs> it's absolutely fine when we are winning, settled. The opposition are in a settle back line to not just suddenly speed the game because they want it sped up to try and get back into it to try and create panic. Whereas we go, no, we are running the game our tempo. And I was going to say, more importantly, when the opponents don't opt to press. Like, yeah, one hundred percent. That's on. It's on them to come at us and try and win it yeah. back. It just, yeah. That's just that's just Hearts fans being Hearts fans though. It's it is. Just, it's very it's much a Hearts fans problem. I don't. Know, I don't know if it's because we were then feared that we've only got this one goal lead, and that. Like, I think it is, is partly is that. that right? I, I feel as though we'd be far more accepting of that as like a capacity crowd if we were two, three, four goals up rather that's than fine. just resting on that one. But I feel like folk were doing it at nil-nil on the eighth <laughs> minute when, like, that was Rolls, me. <laughs> yeah, that was you. Rolls, who's not had the best time of it, is allowing himself to settle, put a foot on the ball and find a pass, and folk are screaming and being like, fucking switch it! What are you doing? It's like, calm down. Lads, I get it, we're stressed. We don't know who's in the dugout. We don't know what's going on. The hotel's still getting built. But it's fine to just be calm sometimes. Oh, I've not, uh, I've not searched if it's legit, but I take it you've seen the stat regarding Brighton and the no long goal kicks. Yes, I have. Yeah. See if you've got the personnel. You crack on. You be my guest. I think, I'm in fa- I, love- I think there's some of us that look at it and think, my God, we have been absolutely dog shit at the back recently. There is no way that Kyros, with his confidence shot all over the place, should be one of the players at the forefront of taking possession. See, I disagree but, because of Saturday. Because he but, was so good on Saturday doing gonna, that. That's what I was then going to say. Like, I think we all just need to, as you rightly say, just 
Keep the heat. Keep the heat a wee bit and just look, look, look at me. Just keep the heat a wee bit and just... This is huge. We've been doing this for four <laughs> seasons and it's finally happened. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. If, look. Shall we just talk about Kyros? Yeah, let's talk because I'm buzzing for him. I'm so chuffed. As am I. That That's the player that put pen to paper. That's the yeah. player that was in Qatar. It he was looked, my man in the match. It looked like we've sent back the doppelganger. Yes. <laughs> the exactly. doppelgangers in Doha. There we go. Yeah. And we've now, got to bring one back. I will say, and this is kind of going to be my thread throughout this match discussion, I don't know how much we can read into this performance no. because of how terrible no, Aberdeen was. Of course, we're, we're, not, we're not getting carried away. It's just nice yeah. to see us get back to winning ways. We acknowledge that there's a tough match coming up this weekend. It's... It's only three points. It's early. It's September. Yeah, definitely. Just but keep a lid on it. I feel like Rolls did well in in places and times where he hasn't done well in other weeks. Spot so on. that was a clear development. There was I know it's jumping that forward was a to the second half. Massive morale boost in terms yeah, of definitely. he's up against Boyan Miowski, one of the most prolific strikers in the league last season. Mm-hmm. I'm not being funny. You genuinely forgot Miofsky was playing. It was oh, the same definitely. with Duke, who you mentioned, that his mm-hmm. compatriot Nathaniel Atkinson pretty much pocketed. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It was a really commanded performance. And as you say, it looked far more comfortable in possession. And in the second half, it, this isn't part of a highlight, so it won't be included in the things, but it was that moment where he just went absolutely through Duke in the <laughs> middle of the park. And, yes. won it, and it got a massive like roar of appreciation because it was... Like that's not you've not been doing that in recent weeks, and that's been. No. I know Duke's a wee guy, so it's like, oh well, Rosebud. But I've seen some people say, oh, Rolls isn't strong in the air. I don't think that's where Rolls is the issue. I think Rolls isn't strong enough in man to man, shoulder to yeah, shoulder. Yeah, up against somebody. I agree. Yeah, with you. I agree. So he gets turned too easily. It's not. I think he's like average in the air. Frankie Kent's clearly very superior in the air to Kent. It rolls, but but he's still Rose he's is, still at a decent. He's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas it's always guys like Curtis Main, Kyle Vassell, fucking Kevin Nisbet and all that. They just did body it. him. Yeah. Whereas, and that's more the style of Majofsky and Duke. Like that's what I expected. I expected them to be touch tight to him and try to spin him, move him away. Yeah. yeah. But he did. He was just. He was so so good, and I was I was so chuffed for him. Yeah, so assured. And it, again, like I think we we talk about the crowd and getting on players' backs, but that roar that must just give you such a morale boost. It's, it's yeah. A, we we mentioned it even in our common in our uh, program notes pre-match. Get mm-hmm. behind the team and let's yeah. encourage the team rather than slate them and make it toxic from the off. So yeah, it, totally. it was good. <laughs> Good effort from the crowd and good effort from Rolls and both reciprocated one another. So, yep. so that was excellent. Um, that being said, you mentioned the 34-minute mark. Yutaro Oda goes off. Alan Forrest comes on. Now, Alan Forrest misses an absolute sitter at the back post to double our advantage. He's not long on the park. Stephen Kingsley is sent down the left by Liam Boyce, who again was just at the heart of everything, as he so often is. Cuts back onto his weaker right foot, sends a lovely clip ball into the back post. 
but the goalkeeper gathers after Forrest fails to head home with his first touch and I was just beside myself. So, I'm now a way, way, way less annoyed about this after seeing it back. Interesting. So at the, at the time, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Alan, it's happened again! You're a young dude. What are you doing? I don't understand how this isn't a penalty. Oh. Whoever the defender is, I'm very sorry, I haven't looked at it that... I've watched it three times, but no, I've never paid attention to who the defender is. This, is. this is all on you. It just hits his arm. His <laughs> arm's just flat across Alan Forrest, and it just hits off his arm. So he's blocking Forrest, so which I didn't notice. So it's an unnatural notice. position, in essence, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, I didn't actually notice that that defender was blocking him as well as he actually is. I thought it was just they were shoulder to shoulder and Forrest like, just went, ah, and tried to hit it back into his hands. Is it McGarry but at the back stick? It might be, I'm not sure. But basically, the ball's in midair, and as it lands to bounce, the guy has his arm just out across Forrest's chest, and it hits his arm. Now, I don't know if the justification from VR would be, well, they're shoulder-to-shoulder tussling, so has Forrest dragged his arm across there? It's just, they're going for it, arm isn't in an unnatural position. But I would say, I personally think it's a penalty. But even if it isn't, I do actually think the defender does enough. I don't think Forrest makes pretty much any contact with it. I've just just gone on to check. Richard Jensen is the one that they claim was on the left of the three. Right, so it might so, have been him. Yeah, if Kingsley's cut in, yeah, and he would the be the stick, one. Yes, cutting back because McGarry's the other that's on the left flank. At the time, I was like, "Oh, for God's sake, it's a ma- this is what we're going to get for Alan Forrest." But I will say, hold my hands up. It was one of his best games he's ever had for us. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah. He actually looked like a competent winger. I was like, "Oh my God!" I, I genuinely thought. I thought someday it'd put something in my drink when I saw the performances yeah. of both Rolls and Forrest at the weekend. Yeah. Very, the same way Atkinson. Good. I will say that, yeah. like, I know, I know Atkinson has, it's not fair to put Atkinson in the same camp as Rolls and Forrest this season. Atkinson has been a level above both of them this season. But I just mean generally, in that very first highlight you said, Atkinson gets spun like two minutes in and I was going, oh God, this is what this is going to be. Duke's got to be on that side because I still have the images of Duke last season. I'm like, oh, this is going to be really hard. And I think from that moment, Atkinson just went, oh, they're going to try and cut in all the time. And he just read that completely. And I thought Atkinson was, again, up until his injury, which I hope isn't any amount of time missed. I hope it's just a tight hamstring. Just, he was great. He was so good. All of them were good. Every player who has kind of been subject to the Boo Boys, I felt, was at least can go, I played well today. I was going to say the Aussie contingent in particular. Rolls, yeah, Rolls at the back, Atkins in the right back, and even Cammy Devlin has come on, come under fire. If it's not a European game, it seems like domestically yeah. Hearts fans have it in for him. So. And then Neuenhoff came on and did Looked great. Really good. Really, yeah. really good. Um, but yes, obviously that Alan Forrest chance comes and goes. Liam Boyce goes in search of his first goal of the season. Xander Clark's long kick is won back by Peter Haring after Lauren Shanklin can't quite control it. Kenneth Vargas slips it to Liam Boyce, strikes from 20 yards, but his effort trickles wide of Rose's right-hand post. 
But half time, one nil, pretty much in control, really. Yeah. Overall, a pretty comfortable first forty-five minutes. Definitely, my only thought at half time was, for the love of God, we need to get Haring off. <laughs> because I wow. was like, not because because actually How the tables have turned. Talk to us, MacIver. I actually thought he did well in the first half. That wasn't my, my point. wasn't in terms of his performance. It was that he was booked ten minutes. It was in. that he was. It was that he was booked. Which, by the way, was definitely a booking. Oh, the folk it, around me. It's textbook, were like, it's textbook Haring for me. Yeah. Just no, like, it's. It I don't think it's a bad booking to give away because they were breaking in a four-on-three. Atkinson did it in the second half, where you're like, you just need to you take him to down. Be, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, in that's fairness, not my that's maybe not Haring's fault, but like him, him being the chaser up against three or four, I'm instantly just yeah. like, take them out because in a foot race, he's getting beat all yeah. day long. He's, definitely. The thing was is that in this first half, he was booked and he made two challenges that ended up being like that's why you have Haring in the team because they were picture perfect, got the ball, and we moved on. But if they had been an inch wrong, it's a second yellow and one of them would have been a penalty. So I was thinking, right, obviously Haring's going to come off. Obviously that's going to be the case. And this is where I'm like, I don't think we can read too much into Saturday as a positive. And I also think there are some negatives because I'm I'm still worried about Naismith's game management. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, go on. Oda goes down hurt, so that's a stoppage, right? Mm-hmm. So you only have two left. However, half time is a free. St- it's not a stoppage. You just have chances. So logically, go right. I'll take Haring off now, and then I've still got two stoppages left to use in the second half. We're fine. What clearly happened was in the dressing room. He Naismith said to Haring, "Enough of that." Keep the heat and just show him it be fine. About a minute into the second half, Haring makes another challenge that could have been a second yellow, but is really good. And you see Nate because of where I'm sat, saw Naismith in his wee grey hoodie, make a, a like he signalled to Haring no more. Like, none of that. (laughs) But then, and uh, Craig Fowler made this point in the terrace, Neuenhoff was already stripped. So Naismith just said to Haring, no more, and then Haring gets brought off. Because I could see, my brother turned to me and was like, Haring looks raging to be coming off. And I noticed that, that Pete looked furious, and I was like, oh, is it just because it's like, why did you break me off at half time if I'm just going to get subbed off two minutes in to the half? But I think it's because Naismith said to him, no more of that, but then didn't give him the opportunity to not do any more of that and just took him off. I I feel as though we got a big lift when Haring came off as well. I think we did because it meant that we no longer had a midfield walking on a tightrope of a booking. Yeah. Because inexplicably, Devlin never got booked. Because I just assumed everyone's going to get booked in every game. Inexplicably, Graham Shinney didn't get booked either. Yeah. Jesus. Inexplicably, Duke. Duke Duke was taking the piss. Duke was taking the absolute piss. Why did Kent get booked? I can't even remember what he got booked for. Was it not some challenger like kicking the ball or something? 
I can't wait. The ball away. It was rid- that was the one that made me go, what is going on? Why is Clancy why is this happening? Absolute nuke. He did. Because did. the reason <laughs> I said up, he's up there for one of the worst. The reason I said with the Haring thing that was definitely a booking is because Aberdeen made a couple of fouls in the minutes afterwards and everyone around me was like, well then that's a booking and they just clearly weren't bookings. <laughs> they were just like first normal fouls. But then, so I was like, oh, Clancy's getting a bit of a hard time. I think he's been all right. And then about 15 minutes passed and it was like, oh no, he's just having a fucking nightmare. Absolutely dog. Um, but, Neuenhoff, again, I don't want to be like, this is it. Oh, we've no, we've got Paul Hartley. No. <laughs> so that's my point. I, I'm not doing that. All I will say is, he played very well. It was exactly what I saw in that Leeds preseason, where it was like, "Oh, you seem comfortable taking the ball on and moving forward with it." Yeah, I, I, I think he and Devlin are the two moving forward. That's fair. I, I think that's fair. Especially, what was that stat going round? I'll actually, I'll get it as we're we're on air right now because I've got that? easy access what, what to it. What about Devlin? No, so Neuenhoff on Saturday, four ground duels won, three aerial duels won, seven recoveries, two tackles and five passes in the final third. And I know it's not technically the assist, but like his contribution... It's an assist. Yeah, his contribution leads to the second goal. Yeah, it's an assist. It's a a hockey assist. Yes, exactly. I would give that to him as an assist. But yeah, I was so impressed with him when he came on. I know obviously we'll speak about his involvement in the goal, but it just genuinely was... He kept every single time he got it, he would either turn and swivel and move or pass, or he would immediately open his body up and go across that's the back just, line. Just keep it simple, keep it moving. That's, yeah. that's what it's all about. Um, yeah. We mentioned Duke Amiovsky up front for Aberdeen. It was Boy Amiovsky that would drag his effort wide on 47 minutes as Don seeked an immediate response at the start of the second half. But I'll be honest, bar another couple shots really did not pose a threat we, as much as we're sort of revelling in our success from the weekend just how poor are Aberdeen I think they're currently the worst team in the week <laughs> and my justification for that is that yeah I think everyone will go no in terms of team St Johnston are which is fair but is it just but, the fact that Aberdeen are playing two fixtures a week and it's clearly having an effect the Euro hangover Who and also the They've spent Ross County. Is it oh up there? Not at home. They the amount of money they've spent on that squad. They should currently be cruising in third. I know we're only five games in, but they should. It's a joke how much money they've spent for to then be winless after five games, which is the first time I think since nineteen ninety three. Brain stat. I didn't even know that. Not one. Just said yeah. that my way. Thanks for that. This is this is the good <laughs> thing, right? The best podcast to listen to after they've got beat are Aberdeen fan podcasts. <laughs> they're so <laughs> funny because they're furious. About oh, it. please tell me you saw that tweet and it was like, oh, it just it was the most tutor tweet I've ever seen in my life. Was it, it the one about where he was annoyed at Robson? Yes. Yeah, this. <laughs> I do. I don't even know what he's trying to say. No, do I? I did. <laughs> I'm gonna try but, and pick that up. But they just looked awful. I can't remember his name. I think it's. I remember his number for Aberdeen. It was fourteen. He came on. It was number fourteen for them. Apparently, Hibs were looking at signing him in the summer as well. Right. Okay. 
I think that's the worst substitute performance I've seen from an opposition player in years at Tynecastle. Big gay, Papi Habib gay. Yes, him. Yes. yes. Kingsley must have been like, this is a fucking godsend. <laughs> he's he's like, Cochrane's out. I'm slowly growing in confidence again. I just need somebody who I'll be able to win the ball back on every single time. Kingsley most of the time just stood still and the boy ran into him. And apparently he turned down Hibs, he turned down a bunch of other clubs to sign for Aberdeen. They apparently spent decent money on him. I don't know how much it was. But I, j- I sat and it was about the 88th minute just before we did that big passing move. Uh-huh. And they they gave it to him because inexplicably they kept giving it to him down the near side We're against Kingsley. hoping that he'd make something happen. Hoping he'd do something. And Kingsley nutmegged him to Devlin <laughs> who then, like... Rabona it back to Kingsley past him again and I just turned to my brother and was like this guy is he looks like he's won a competition <laughs> genuinely and that's he's what it just money seems. on him as well it's crazy it's absolutely was crazy it, it from Courtrike Cor- or something I think he's came maybe or I'm not sure but just with the money they've spent on that squad I can't remember a worse average. Jim Goodwin's side that got beat 5-0 played much better even Stephen Glasses as well mate yeah, totally. totally. I've, I've found that Robson tweet. So Aberdeen, oh Aberdeen posted post-match reaction from Barry Robson and then obviously his accompanying interview. And this reply is from at Krukshanka24 on Twitter. <laughs> and it simply says, easy enough for me to say, he's no clue fit he's Dean and if he does, the player's clearing dark end fit he's Dean. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that, was good, that was so quite no a good. That was quite a good. what he's doing, and, and the players clearly don't the know what he's doing. Yeah. Don't know what he's doing. Yeah, clearing. Should that be clearly don't know what he's yeah. doing? Yeah, clearly yeah. don't know what he's doing. <laughs> and listen, by the way, speaking about Robson, the cheek of him, he come out and say he didn't think there was much in the match. Ah, oh, he's a thrower. An what are you talking? And then he's using the excuse. Well, we're tired after the hacking game that happened eight months ago or something, and that they're still in transition. It's like you you gosh. made the decision to build a massive squad, mate. Still, I mean, at least Aberdeen fans weren't previously singing "Hearts, Hearts are falling apart again." Of course, I, that I will say this: Brilliant. the final ten minutes. Wait, the Gorgi Ultras just singing Ultras Aberdeen was fantastic. That was the same with that five zip. Brilliant. I love that they do that. It, it is so it is good. fantastic. Part. I love that chant being chanted at them. I don't oh, know why, but I find funny. it the funniest it, thing it in the world. Funny. It's good power. Um, so, we've said how bad they are. They head to Germany to take on Eintracht Frankfurt <laughs> in their uh, Conference League opener on Thursday. Um, just how many will Frankfurt score? I've seen so many folk go, oh, well, Frankfurt have had quite a poor start of the season. It's I think they won one out of the absolute four. absolute jack. <laughs> what, and Aberdeen like, haven't had a poor start to the Scottish yeah, Championship season? that only works if Aberdeen <laughs> are flying. And you're like, oh, well, who knows? Aberdeen have won five, played five, and all that. What a load no. of absolute nonsense. I think, is, is Goetze their captain? Mario Goetze, is, that, is he the captain? Good question. But, because if he is, before we, uh, before that's we, the le- yeah. yeah maybe that's the level. Like the obviously in very easy to access circumstances, won the Europa League 
concerning to a Scottish opponent uh, two seasons ago. And just, I genuinely think it could be any scoreline. I don't know why they keep persevering with this three at the back. Because, as listen, I think everyone will have seen thing. that. I think if you, if you go and sign Nicky Devlin, he can't play in a back four. Yeah, I don't true. Know if James can, he's made a rod for a his own four. back. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Um, Adam actually just saw it before we went on air, but everybody else has seen the Neil McCann clip on Sports Scene, where Neil is. Ex- Listen, we we're a Hearts podcast. We love Neil McCann, we do love but McCann. Aberdeen fans had to begrudgingly agree with him, where he just expertly showed it was like they've got no width. They've got no bravery. They're inexplicably just going long the whole time. I don't think Xander Clark will have an easier afternoon. The man who doesn't like to catch a ball was able to just oh, pluck them out the air doing yeah. nothing. It's absolute food and drink. I've just gone on to the the uh, Eintracht Frankfurt squad. So Mario Goza does play for them, but he's not their skipper. That is Sebastian right. Roda, former Dortmund. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Trapp is their vice captain. I love the Kevin Trapp. Uh, he's heart. top. FM legend. Um, yeah, that could be uh, that could be a big ass. I forgot that Trap actually joined them. That's a top class goalkeeper as well. He is a top goalie. Oh, it's gonna be fun. It'll be some laugh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but yeah, this is when they get a one-all draw inexplicably. Yeah, I'll get scudded about fives up. Yeah. Hopefully it's more. It's open. Um, <laughs> on the hour mark, however, I can't believe you not mentioned this yet. My life is nearly complete. As Kenneth Vargas smashes a long-range effort off the post. I was going to come here today with my prep. Going to come here with some Google Translate. Going to have it ready. Just so that I could just like, break to this like Microsoft Sam. And they could just mouth off about how Kenneth Vargas is one handsome motherfucker. And that it's going to be goals aplenty in Gorgie. He's going to become... He's going to surpass John Robertson. Become our all-time leading goalscorer. But thankfully, or sadly, that wasn't the case as he as he hit the post. But thankfully, I didn't have to do the prep. So, but I yeah. was devastated to see that crash off the post because that would have just capped off a wonderful day. Well, I didn't even really see it because the the reason it ends up at Vargas is because Boyce is absolutely clattered, and I've no <laughs> idea how it isn't a foul. And everyone around me was standing up shouting at Clancy. And then you you hear just a, <gasps> and you look, and I looked as it hit the joint. So I was like, "Well, who hit that? It must have been Vargas." And expected them to be like on the penalty spot, and I just had to keep going back and back and back, being like, "Right, it wasn't him." And then you see him, and he's like twenty five yards out. It's such a good hit oh, as well. It's a great strike. I'm gutted for him, but. He just looks so excited. I've, as a few people have said to me on Twitter, where it's like, he's now the new guy that everyone's desperate to score. Oh, it was Devlin, then it was Oda, <laughs> now it's Vargas. Yeah. Oh, that'll be that'll be great. I can't wait for winter. Derby. Winter, right. Oh, Derby at home, what, please. What I, what I it happened with Oda. Happened oh, with Oda, please. Stop it. Stop that right now. <laughs> no, I'll get a hat trick this weekend and then get hurt and miss the derby. I'll take that. Take, take, Aye, I'll take that. It's a bit of a fleeing. Yeah. Hey, I never said we'd win. I just said he'd score a hat trick. Oh, yeah, good point. Positive. Oh, no, we, no, we really no. do need to win. Oh, no. Yeah. We'll come to that. Yeah. 
Lauren Shankland had a pretty quiet afternoon by his standards. He did. Aye. Opts to shoot from distance on 62 minutes, but again, can't steer his effort on target. Another one which just trickles past Rose's right-hand stick. However, just three minutes after that Vargas drive and the famous would go two to the good, Alan Forrest crosses for the aforementioned Kenny Vargas, nods back in before the dawn's clear, only as far as Callum Newenhoff. We spoke about him, and as much as he's a tiny footballer, I think he makes an absolute mess of this. His first touch wasn't that great. His second was heavy, but it actually works out. His pass is deflected goalwards. Rose palms out. But who's there but Liam Boyce? Keeps his composure, fires high into the net. 2-0 hearts, and it's a wee Boycey bonus to cap it off McIver. Great to see our mate back on the score sheet. I'm so chuffed for him. I thought it was offside. <laughs> <laughs> I celebrated, but as I celebrated, me and my dad jumped up and looked at each other and just went, is he offside? Go. <laughs> yeah. um, I agree with you in part about Newenhoff. I actually think his first touch is really good because I think the defence expect him to trap it and he fucks it, so it means the space that there normally wouldn't be. I'm not saying he meant it. Yeah, I was, was going to say, is, is that good? <laughs> if he keeps doing it, yes. If it works out for us, I'm not going to complain. But I find it funny. He's not looking for Boyce at all. He's looking for Shanklin. He's looking to pull back because Shanklin's made that move from the back yeah. post where he's like, He's virtually coming on to the penalty spot. I don't know what yeah. Boyce is doing. I don't, <laughs> why he's, I don't know why he's in there. I do find it funny that Neuenhoff technically makes three mistakes and ends up getting an assist, <laughs> technically. But I'll take it. It'll oh, hopefully do him a lot of confidence. And yeah, Boyce, I don't understand how Liam Boyce and Lawrence Shankland are unmarked in a box oh, with six Aberdeen players. Mate. Honestly, you'd be tearing your head out. I mean, they, I no wonder understand. our mate was mouthing off about Barry Ross's post-match. <laughs> exactly. The they clue like, fit their dean. I have no idea what they're doing, like, at all. And just, I'm so chuffed for him. He's deserved that because he's been so instrumental to us the last few weeks, even when we've been yeah. shite and no getting wins. It's always And you can see he's so been important. desperate to get yeah. one. Because yeah. Liam Boyce, you wouldn't be surprised if he scored then at the weekend. They always yeah. seem to come in like blocks, yep. and when he's when he's confident, when he's when like his confidence is up, he just I think he's he's a top player. He's a brilliant player for us when at full flow and yeah, in 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 a in a positive frame of mind, I should say. I think he's our best footballer at the club. Yeah, in terms yeah, of intelligence, in terms of connecting us and stuff like that. I just think he's. He's so influential to us in how we play. But, I'd slight negative again, and it's just to go back to Naismith's game management. This was the other problem with taking Haring off uh, when he did. It meant we only had one more stoppage, and Atkinson goes down hurt at this point. But Boyce clearly can't play 90 minutes anymore. That just is the situation, and that's okay. But what it meant was is that Boyce scores and immediately has to get taken off because we don't have any more stoppages because Atkinson's hurt, so we have to stop and bring on Sibic, who, again, I thought Sibic came on and did very well. Um, we have to take Boyce off, and it's kind of like, 
okay, we've now got half an hour where we can't make any changes, so here's hoping this injury-prone squad clearly doesn't get any more <laughs> injuries. But it's not a big important thing. It's just that I'm going to start paying attention to that more, where I'm like, right, are we making subs and decisions at correct times? Hearts and trying to keep their their full squad fit. It's like one of those impossible challenges that you see. And this is the thing. I was saying this actually during, um, on Sunday. When we do it, we always have good seasons. Two seasons ago when we finished third, we barely had any injuries apart from when we played at Dundee United. That was it. We just had yeah. we just kept roughly the same squad. Then yeah, Bar Halkett, really. Yeah, Bar Halkett was the only exception. Then Nielsen's first tenure in that 15-16 season, we just never really seemed to change the team. Like June was never present. Juanma just kept playing in that situation. The young guys, Walker, Nixon and all that, were always there. And then you go back in like 2006. I think the team sheet changed like fucking ever, apart from when <laughs> Webster missed the final. And Ibrahim Tal came in. Like, I feel like that was it. Whenever we don't have injury crises, we tend to have good seasons. I saw somebody bring this up recently as well. The fact that Scotland have changed their training from Orium to Lesser Hamden or the City Stadium or whatever the heck it's called, where Queen's Park play. Oh, whatever it is. Like, folk were saying exactly this. Like, John Carver, whoever pointed it out, surely there, it must, was John be, Carver, there right. must be something in that. Yeah, and I, yet, I mean, like, we need to have a look at it. Like we do, big time. So, somebody at the yeah. club must be looking at that. Surely, I think this can't be coincidence. That every year, and I get it where it's like a lot of injury. For example, Cochrane, Tagawa, and Halliday are all impact injuries through other players at training by all accounts. Yeah, these instances you can't do anything like yeah. that. Yeah, but like Benny's coming through, Mackay. Atkinson just constantly seems to have issues with his hamstring. Oda, give me his hamstring. I know players like that, it's like, well, they're wingers, they're fast. A little bit more lightweight or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But still, it just feels like Gino was always hurt for us. Gino <laughs> scored tonight, by the way. Um, was he? Yeah, he's, he scored for. I don't know what the score is now, but he opened the scoring. Um, we do just. I saw the Maroon report we're speaking about it over the last 24 hours on Twitter, about how we just need to do a deep dive into sports science and be like, is it working at the highest level it can do? Because from the outside in, it just feels like we always have folk hurt. It's coincidentally 1-0 Swansea. I noticed they got beat in the, uh, the South Wales derby and they left them on the bench, so that's what you get. Yeah. There you go. What a player. Miss that guy. Um, yeah. Sorry. Did anything else happen in the game apart from that passing move right at the end? No. So our man, Papi Habib Gay, off the bench, sends the tamest of tamest efforts to straight down Clark's throat. Um, And then Cammy Devlin, who scored against Aberdeen at Tynecastle last season, was wanting to do so again, but his effort in added time was palmed away by... That move, though, that move... 28 consecutive passes. Listen, and you saw everybody, you know, going absolutely tonto about Deserbi's Brighton at Old Trafford, exactly. and that was 30. There yep. you go, just it a couple was... away. McCann also focused on that on sports scene, and he made the point, and I've seen him make the point where it's like, it's very positive from us because it's bravery and it's going, it's showing that we're happy to keep the ball. But secondly, a lot of the passes aren't they like picture perfect right to feet. It's just Aberdeen couldn't get near it. They weren't pushing at all. And it, if I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd be very worried about the future under Robson. 
but I'm a Hearts fan, so hopefully they keep him for fucking ages. Thankfully we're not. Um, yep. However, we do have something of a concern as we oh, head to Paisley this weekend. Yeah. St Mirren are absolutely flying. One They're of, going to win the league. Yeah. One of only, what, two teams undefeated? Two teams, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, However, inexplicably, that Aberdeen team drew in Paisley against them. Yeah, good point. Two each. Well, yeah. controversial circumstances. Yeah, you, but, yeah. But, but they did. You're right. But they still did. Yeah, they still did. Thoughts ahead of that? I think we're going to get comfortably beaten. Oh, God. And I don't even necessarily mean... Yeah, I think it's going to be 2-0 St Mirren. There's my prediction early on. Yeah, um, I don't even necessarily mean that from our perspective. I just think most teams are going to get comfortably beaten at St Mirren right now. Over the season... The old smize, aren't they? Yeah. Over the season, you never know what's going to happen. Look at Kelly, they're already starting to be a bit like, oh, well, the start of the season is slightly dropping off. St Mirren's hasn't, but you don't imagine St Mirren will be fighting for third or anything like that. I think they'll be very clearly top six again. But, right now... Aberdeen or Toyland, the Hibs, we don't really know. Very true. Us, we don't know. Yeah, a lot of it is presuming that the typical three will come back for third. Get the finger out. Yeah, But you don't think we'll get the finger out (laughs) in St Mirren on Saturday. I don't. I just think they're a very well-driven tactically solid side that can hurt teams effectively and I think their strengths directly prey on our weaknesses I think they're good at set pieces I think they're good at bringing balls into the box I know we now have Frankie Kent but still generally I think they will be able to target us in ways that we have had issues Okay, I I can't argue against that to be honest it's got to be I hate backing against hearts but I do think St Mirren will probably win. Yeah. Well, this is the other thing. We've got another game, though, because this is on-air admin. Ah, we, yes, play on tu- we play on Tuesday night. So, my plan was just to release the podcast a day late, and we record on the Wednesday. Fine by me. So, how are you feeling about going to Rugby Park? Dreading it. <laughs> so am I. I just, don't, I just never think we'll do well. When's the last time we won there? Under Levine? Maybe. Because we drew, we drew in that game with Atkinson scoring a raker. Here's one for the quiz. Well, I'm I don't think we've won since McInnes has been appointed there, have we? Oh, definitely not, no. We've not won since McInnes was in charge, but I even mean before that. Yeah, oh God. Because we missed them for a season as well, when we yeah, were we demoted as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, two seasons, yeah, because they went down. Yeah. So I it's think, actually been ages. Been, yeah, I think it would have been under the lead. I don't know. We're not good there, basically. No. And that plastic, I was at the last game where we were going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, um, I've been a couple recently, and it's not been not been a great time. I can't even bother getting knocked out the League Cup consecutive years by Kelly. <laughs> at least, at least it's one stage nothing. further on this year. True. <laughs> Let's just, just keep doing that until we win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think does this this doesn't have replays anymore, does it? No, I don't think it ever has. I think it's only the no, Scottish I don't think has. it does. So yeah. it'll probably go to extra time. I'm, I'm, I'm in early on the Wednesday, so it'll definitely go to extra time, right. and we'll get beat yeah. or go to ten. Definitely, definitely. I think we'll get beat in extra time. Oh God, I can't stomach that. Are you going? 
I'm not because I've got I'm also in early the next oh, day and I just can't get back in time. I'm going with my missus and a couple pals that could be oh god that could be, that could be a disaster. Hopefully it's a class night and you're loving it. One can only hope. Oh, I know. <laughs> right before we go, we're gonna do Here the quiz. Classic. I said to MacIver. I've had a couple pints at lunch. <laughs> I might have made a mess of this quiz. It might be of absolutely no real relevance, but I couldn't think of some stuff. And I did get handed a Who Am I by one of our okay. fantastic subscribers. So massive thank you to John Cleland on Twitter for sending over a Who Am I candidate that I shall now try and get the better oh, of with the camera. That means it'll be good and hard because it's no one of us thinking it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd never heard of this bloke, so... Oh, for fuck's <laughs> So there you go. Were right. they in our lifetime? Yeah, 1999 oh, to 2001. There you go. I'll, I'll chuck out a wee clue for you. Christ. Right. <laughs> I'm no getting it then. I couldn't. I could name you with three players. First question of the quiz. Former Jambo, Jamie Walker, scored a last gasp equaliser for Bradford in their 1-0 draw at home to Harrogate Town on Saturday in an attempt to aid under-pressure manager Mark Hughes. But what's the name of the Bantam Stadium? Is it A. Rodney Parade, B. Valley Parade, C. Mayday Parade, or D. Family Parade? The only thing that jumped out to me was Valley Parade. Was that B? What was yes, B? Valley Parade. I'm going with that. Danny McIver. You're correct. Good start. One from one. We're one from one. Rodney Parade is where Newport County play, so I thought you might. Ah, I thought there might be a little okay. bit of confusion there, but. Right. True or false? Heart of Midlothian received the most bookings of any team in the Scottish Premiership this weekend. Shit. Right, we got four. So, did anybody else get more than that? Rangers and Celtic won't have. <laughs> Livy are always bams. Did Livy just kick the shit out of Ross County? I think that could be the 30 seconds that Martindale was referring yeah, to Sportsy. Yeah, exactly. I didn't pay attention to this on Sportsy. I watched Sportsy as well. I'm going to say that's true. It is false. Really? Who got more? Yeah. St Johnston, I know for a fact, did. And I was meaning to do the rest of my research, but I just subsequently haven't, so... That's fair, it. but if St Johnson, so St Johnson got at least St. five. got five, I think. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, we had Haring, Atkinson, Kent, and Boyce all got booked. Impressive. Good knowledge. Yep. Your third question. Good knowledge, as I get the question wrong. <laughs> oh, that was impressive. <laughs> Your third question. Who was the only former Jambo to score in the Scottish Championship at the weekend? You oh. I c- Tell you, you might have, I thought you might have seen the clip emerge online because it's an absolute shocker in the championship. Yes, <gasps> I did see the clip. It's Robbie Muirhead against Dundee Correct. United. <laughs> yes, I did. What see are they that. up to? Oh my know, goodness, I love them so much. Oh my god, I love how in that clip as well, <laughs> the ball's about a yard do and Muirhead smashes it just <laughs> as if to be sure, just to get it right off the yeah, sorry, I did see that. I was going to be like, ah, oh. dick him, but I did. If you hadn't said, you might have seen yeah. the clip, I wouldn't have got oh, it. Oh, damn. That's annoying. Well, there you go. There's a wee gift for you. Thank you. Question number four. Hearts are now unbeaten in their last 11 matches against Aberdeen and Gorgie, 
The Dons last win at Tynecastle came in front of the old main stand back in 2017, but how many of the 11 have they lost? Is this in the league or in all competitions? A, all comps, I believe. It was SPFL put it up, so take from that what you know. I feel like it's... Is that including this weekend? Yes. <laughs> oh, shit. Because I think the answer was nine. I did this last week. Well, last episode. Or was it six and it'll be seven? But I think that was in the the league. I think it all comps it. I'm going to go nine. I feel really bad now. Why? <laughs> because it was six and now it's seven. Oh, fuck. I knew it was one of the two. I couldn't remember. I'm just trying to read it. I couldn't remember. Yeah, it is in all competitions. It is in all competitions. Yeah, that's me not paying attention to my own quiz questions from last time. Thank God. Right, let's get into this. I'll take two out of four. Yeah, let's get into this. Who am I? The only person I know for this time is Neil Janchuk. I can... So, it's probably going to be Neil Janchuk as my guest. I can wholeheartedly say, if you get this, it will be by far the most impressive (laughs) who am I. Because this this is murder. Right. Right, here we go. I was sent off in my professional debut, which wasn't at Hearts. I played in both the Football League and the Premier League before arriving in Gorgie. I played for my country in all three matches of their 1998 FIFA World Cup campaign, joining the Jambos afterwards and captain my country in my final international match, having won 43 caps and scored three times for the national team. My career never took me outside of the UK and Ireland and I eventually retired at 38 years old and opted to put football behind me by not opting into coaching or management. Who am I? I have no idea. It's also probably not Neil Yatrick. <laughs> so, right. I'm, I'm now trying to think of players I know from that time frame. Because you've given me the time. I appreciate that. That's all right. 2001. So, just for listeners, I was between the ages of four months and four years old during the time this man played didn't watch my first game that I have memories of for another year and didn't make my debut at a game for three and a half years thanks John I really appreciate your work so this is going to be some laugh what nation did he play for in the World Cup good question he played for Jamaica I'm worried that I'm being racist and just go to say Jose Katongo because I don't but I don't think he was Jamaican <laughs> I don't know who was what he never played out with Britain and Ireland yes and he chose not to go into that I also think Jose Katongo played for us not in that time frame there's no point in me asking position because I won't know. I've already got the years. I've got who he played for. I'm going to just have to ask, can I get the clubs in order and hope that Stoke comes up? Sure. Coincidentally, uh, Jose Katongo played for Hearts between 97 and 99. All right, sound. So there you, cool. there you go. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome. 
Was he Jamaican? Uh, no, he's Angolan. <laughs> he's Angolan, then, so thank you. Right, so the clubs in order for this particular player are Swindon Town, Manchester City, Bristol City, albeit only on loan, Portsmouth, famous Heart of Midlothian, Walsall, Telford United, Linfield, Haven't and Waterlooville, and Eastleigh. <laughs> the problem is, I'm now just trying to think of a name, like, what name could I say? It sounds like he could play for hearts. I would like to immediately, I know we've said it for about two seasons, I'd like to retract the offer for listeners to send in who are mine. They're too hard! Um, right. Oh, come on, John. Give Daniel a chance. Jesus, what's... he's barely alive, the boy. <laughs> I was say, I'd like to have picked somebody that I, I could have physically seen in the flesh with memories <laughs> that I wasn't distracted by the bright lights. Um, right. I can't even think of famous Jamaican players I could say as a joke. <laughs> like, I, I normally do that when I like, can't even think of somebody. But I can't think of a single person. So I'm going to go with the guess I was just going to say, regardless of who you were going to say after you gave me the time frame, he's not a Jamaican man, he's definitely not played for all those teams or represented himself for Jamaica. But I'm going Janchik. <laughs> That's who I'm going with. Was it even Neil? Who was it? Was that his first name? Was it Neil, Neil or Paul? Neil Janchik. Neil Janchik, yeah. Well, I'm just hoping that inexplicably Neil Janchik was born in Jamaica before he came across. Daniel McIver. I can reveal that the correct answer is Neil Yeah, It's Fitzroy Simpson. I was about to lose my fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> who? Exactly. Who is Fitzroy Simpson? That doesn't sound like a real person. Great That's name, two though. surnames. That's two surnames. He was born in Bradford on Avon in England, but represented Jamaica right. internationally. There you go. And he was here for several years. For two years. But according to his wiki, only made 17 appearances for Hearts. Oh, so... On top of the fact that it's the, a time frame that you were, like, just being born and I was one, he barely fucking played in that time as well. <laughs> Do you want to hear the paragraph in his Wikipedia? Yes. Uh, right, okay. After a couple of seasons, he struggled to stay in the first level, went on loan to Bristol City, and was finally transferred to Portsmouth, where he played until 1999. Hartford Lothian signed Simpson soon after the World Cup. But it was an unhappy move, and he was offered the chance to reignite his career under Ray Graydon at Walsall. <laughs> One sentence. Never heard of this book in my life. I think this is edited by John. I think John. <laughs> you think he's real? No, I think he is a real person, but that he never played for us. <laughs> but John's added it in. These football conspiracy theories. Leave your football. Yeah. You're harshly into football conspiracy theories down below. This is a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. <laughs> right, well, we hope you've enjoyed it. This was such a positive podcast. And it's ended 
with us. Oh, John, thank you so much. I really Shocking. appreciate that message. Because the worst thing was, I thought he'd message Perth to Paisley direct. So I was like, please don't tell me you've sent, please send me right. this on my personal and don't tell me yeah. that you sent this to MacIver. And I was like, oh shit, he messaged me directly. And I was like, yes. <laughs> He's not going to have a clue who this is because I didn't have a clue who that guy is. I'll, I'll be honest, I forgot his son name. I just Simpson. remember Fitzroy. Simpson, right? Cool. So, if you want to let us know about any random players you've made up that used to play for Hearts <laughs> in the late 90s and early 2000s, you can do so by contacting us, pertipaisley at gmail.com or all the socials at pertipaisley. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you've watched us on YouTube, Please leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Adam, where can they get you and all the socials? Oh, you can find me declaring my love for Bob Marley and the Reggae Boys at Adam T. Kendall on all the socials. What about yourself, mate? You get me at dmciver22. We'll be back next week to the, to cover the St Mirren game, the Kelly game. Will the draw have been done by then? Oh, no, because I think we were the first of oh, the Oh, no, times. yeah, there's, the, yeah, there's, there's the games other three on the Wednesday, now. I think. Yeah, so... We might have that if we record late enough. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? And anything else, that happens in between them. But until next week, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Get a faith for the JTs! <laughs>